And I immediately shifted out of that victim mentality to stand in my own power. And that's what you can do. If you're honest with yourself, you can stand in your own power by taking control of things that you're just letting other people, other circumstances, other lives control over. You are giving people and circumstances outside of you the control over your emotions by not admitting how you feel. Hi friends, and welcome to Do The Damn Thing. I'm your host, Lauren LaRue. I'm an entrepreneur who started with a small blog, and now I am the CEO of The LaRue Brand, a lifestyle business and branding studio for women entrepreneurs building intentional lives and intentional businesses. But don't fret, this podcast is for everybody. I created this podcast with the intent to offer people a safe space to land and learn about the journey we're all on together. It's not just about being happy. It's about healing, getting to know yourself, and living intentionally, which is why this podcast is the right place for all of you beautiful souls showing up ready to change your life. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to another very exciting episode of the Do The Damn Thing podcast. I have been meaning to record this podcast for probably since I started the podcast. I have no idea why I've never actually recorded like a dedicated episode to what we're going to talk about today. But when I sat down to record, I had a topic in mind, but it wasn't really feeling like it was calling out to me. I wasn't really sure exactly what I wanted to say. And then I decided, you know what, I'll pull cards and see if a topic comes to mind. And I pulled a card from my Calm the Chaos deck, which is typically the deck I use to pull a card for the newsletter each week. So if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, at the very end, I pull a card that's kind of directing the energy for the week. So I use this deck called Calm the Chaos. I really, really like it. And I decided, you know what, let me pull a card to see if I can get a topic idea. And the card I pulled was focus on what you can control and let go of what you cannot. And I immediately smiled because I was like, okay, this is my sign to finally record this podcast episode. So if you're familiar with the podcast and you've listened to lots of episodes of Do the Damn Thing, you've probably heard me talk about a list I made about about four years ago now. It was probably around this time, four years ago, if not, you know, a month or two off, when I decided to make a list that essentially changed my entire life. I have talked about this list so, so many times on this podcast, but I've never actually given it a dedicated episode to kind of walk you guys through the process of the list, how I decided to make the list, how it works, what you're supposed to do with the list, and how it shifted like everything about my life. So I thought, you know what, this is the perfect sign to record this episode and finally dive into more of a kind of instructional podcast where I can tell you guys more about this list, how to do it, and then we can talk about my personal story with the list and how this list still plays a role in my life today, four years later. So I want to take you guys back. I know that if you are a listener of this podcast, you've heard this story <laughs> several times now, but I want to include it on this podcast specifically to really just emphasize the power of this list. So Several years ago when I was in, like I said, the darkest point of my life, it was truly the absolute most depressed I've ever felt. It was the most 
heartache, the most pain, the most anger I've ever felt in my life was around this time. It was just after I had my knee surgery. So I was more on the recovery side versus, you know, just having had it. And COVID was just happening. Yes. So it was a couple months after February. It was probably more April or May of 2020 when I made this list because COVID had just started and the world was on a shutdown. And I had just finished my actual recovery from my knee surgery. And I was in the process of job hunting. I was not excited about any of the jobs that I was applying for, mainly because I was in Florida where my parents live and where I'm from. And it's not really a place that's, you know, abundant of opportunities when it comes to things that I was interested in. So I was primarily applying for jobs in marketing. And at this point, there were a good a good amount of jobs that were technically remote, but the idea of being remote wasn't really, you know, a thing until kind of the more post-COVID era. So there were opportunities to be remote, but most of the jobs that I were was applying for were in person. So I was kind of looking, you know, where I was living and around two hours around that kind of circular area. So as far as like Tampa, Orlando, Miami, I was looking at all of these places and applying to all of these jobs. And at the time, my main objective was still to go into publishing. I got my degree in English Lit. My goal was to get into the publishing world. I wanted to be on the marketing side of things, not on the editorial side of things. And I wanted to work at a publishing house. And in college, I worked at Penguin Random House two separate times. I was an intern. And I really, really loved it. I did the editorial side. I did the marketing side. Marketing I knew was what I was meant for. So when I was applying for jobs, the original scope was kind of marketing and publishing. But there is no publishing in Florida. You know, there were these small agencies, but I really wanted to work for one of the big five. And there was no opportunity for me to do that in Florida. So I decided to widen my scope and just start looking at marketing jobs. And I even even so, even though this wasn't really something I was as interested in, I was applying to some really fun and exciting potential job opportunities. I had an interview with the marketing department for the Tampa Bay Bucks. I looked at a lot of different sports industries. I looked at a lot of different marketing agencies and a lot of different opportunity, but all was the same. Nothing was biting, nothing was holding. And then more as we got into kind of May, when COVID was at a really big peak, hiring just kind of stopped. So many businesses went on a hiring freeze because no one knew what COVID was going to look like. No one knew how COVID was going to affect the market, affect hiring, affect firing. No one knew, you know, what kind of the scope of this reach was going to look like. So I wasn't getting any traction. And finally, I decided, okay, you know what, I just need a job. And once I get a job, I can figure out what I'm going to do from there. So for a really long time, someone who is a very dear friend of my mom's, who also was a name partner at the firm in which my mom works at, had been trying to hire me for ages. She's like, I want you to work for us. I want you to, you know, be a part of the company. You're so great, blah, blah. She was just always singing me praises, loved, you know, just the kind of go-getter personality that I've always had. And she always said, you know, if you ever want a job, there's a spot for you here. And my mom works in the insurance industry. So it's not particularly something that I was very interested in. I'm not like a 
sales type of person. I'm not, I don't know. There were so many reasons why that just didn't call out to me. But finally, I was like, you know what? I'll, I'll take the bait. Let me bite. Let me get a job here. I can work in their marketing department and we'll see how it goes. So I applied for a job and I drove up to Tampa to interview. I even looked at apartments in Tampa and I knew that this wasn't what I wanted to do long term, but I also knew that I could find some footing, obviously get something on my resume, learn new things and figured out, you know what, maybe I'll love it. Maybe I will stay here. Maybe it'll be great because at the time I did know that the company that my mom worked for was a really great place to work and I knew that I would, you know, learn a lot. So I applied for the job, drove up for the interview, went through this whole process, had referrals from obviously not just my mom, but from a name partner of the company thinking, okay, this is just a formality at this point. Like I know I have the job. So I went through the interview and this was, you know, four years ago. So I don't remember exactly what was said, but I did illustrate in the interview that my objective was, you know, to be in a city. I loved New York. I wanted to get back, but Tampa is also a city and it's a great city at that. So anyways, I think you all know where I'm going with the story. So time passes. I think it's like maybe a week or so. And I'm back at my mom's house and I was having a particularly hard day. I just remember feeling really anxious, really depressed, really overwhelmed. And at this point, let me preface also by saying I had not started my healing journey yet. I had not started my intentional living journey yet. I was living day to day, watching TV, being depressed eating really bad food, not taking care of my body, not taking care of my mental health. I was not doing anything. And something very personal also happened that week that was incredibly triggering for me that put me back into a very dark place. So anyways, I'm sitting on the couch one day watching mindless TV, just trying not to focus on these feelings of depression when I got a phone call from the woman who at the time was the head of HR at this company that I was trying to work for. And she says all the things. And I don't know what it was about this interview, but something just felt very disconnected between myself and this woman. She just didn't seem, you know, happy to be getting to know me. I think she was, I think it felt like she was angry that I knew so many people already. I already knew the environment. Like I wasn't just some you know, random person applying to this job. So she calls me up and says, look, you are great. And it just really sounds like you want to get back to New York. So unfortunately, the job is going to be a no go. I, (laughs) I did not say a word. I hung up on this woman. I threw my phone across the living room slash kitchen of my mom's house. I shattered a vase and I was hysterical. This exact moment of my life was one of the darkest moments I've ever experienced beyond what I can describe to you. In that very moment, I did not want to live anymore. I didn't know how to fight anymore. I truly did not know what to do with myself. So I did the thing that I knew would be best. I called my parents. I told them, you both need to come home immediately. I need to talk to you. My parents get in the car. Thankfully, you know, I've always had an amazing support system. So they they knew that something serious was going on. They came over. My mom got home. My dad came to my mom's house. And we sat down at the kitchen table and I was sitting at the head of the table and my, my dad was on one side and my mom was on the other. And I told them, I don't want to live anymore. I don't know what to do. 
my feelings and emotions are taking over me. I don't know how to address them. I don't know how to deal with any of this. And just saying those words were some of the most like liberating feelings I've ever felt. Just by admitting how dark of a place I had gotten to, I had liberated those feelings from being trapped, from being those those emotions from feeling so trapped and trying so, so hard to not acknowledge them daily. Even just saying that felt like a weight had been lifted off. So I had a very long talk with my parents and I told them like, I just can't do this anymore. I'm in fight or flight and I do want to fight. I don't I don't want to not be here, but I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to do it on my own. So we had a really long talk about getting back into therapy. I had been following a um, like self-help and wellness coach for a really long time that I would, you know, at the time I really wanted to work with. And I approached that topic to my parents as well, saying I'd really love to do this. And I had also been following my EFT practitioner, Valerie, for a little while. I had been learning about EFT and I wanted to work with her as well. So, you know, you guys know this story if you're an OG of the podcast. So we had a very, very long talk about, you know, kind of building a wellness team behind me. And I went back to therapy. I, you know, hired the life coach and I hired the EFT practitioner. But that's that's further along in the story. So back up to this conversation, I talked to my parents. We figure it out. We set a game plan. They're fully supporting me. They, they tell me also at the time, like, COVID's happening. You're not going to get a job. And at, at the time, even though restaurants were closed and like all of that was happening, I also couldn't get just any job. I couldn't get a job where I needed to like stand for eight hours. That wasn't plausible at the time. So I needed a desk job. And at this point, the hiring freezes were starting to happen. My parents were like, just don't even bother. Don't focus on this. Focus on you. Let's get you into a place where you feel good. And then we can start, you know, talking about that again at a, a later date. So that the the simultaneous conversation of admitting my feelings and and taking the obligation of trying to find a job was so liberating that a lot of things in my mind just started to naturally clear up. So I went to bed that night feeling a lot better in the sense of knowing I was prepared to to start this next journey and knowing I was ready to start addressing these emotions because I was so, so fed up with feeling so angry, with feeling so depressed. And I wanted to fight. I wanted to fight to be the person that I always knew I could become. So I went to bed that morning, or I went to bed that night and woke up the next morning. And I felt this, this drive, this need to journal, to write down things, and just like put pen to paper. So my mom left for the day. I was alone at the house and I had my journal out. I sat down at the kitchen table and I just kind of sat there looking around thinking, what the frick do I write? Because still, even just having that conversation, it felt good. But I still was in a very, very unable spot to admit like my emotions. I don't even know if at the time I knew how to actually identify how deep these emotions were seated and how deep I felt them. So I just kind of started writing. I have the journal entry to this day from that day. I've read back on it several times uh, since that day. So I started journaling and then I was like, you know what? I need something more solid to look at. You know, I can reread this journal as much as I want, but I need to figure out what I actually want to change about my life. And that was the moment that triggered this list. 
I wanted to figure out what about my life I could control and what about my life that was more in the hands of the universe, in the hands of God, whatever you want to call it. I needed to figure out what I could be doing to actively change my life versus what was more out of my control that I needed to just surrender and let go of. So I ripped a piece of paper out of my journal. I drew a line down the center, folded it, and then ripped it in half. And on one half of the paper, I wrote in control of. And on the other half of the paper, I wrote things out of my control. And over the next hour or two, I spent writing down all of the things that I was in control of and all of the things that were out of my control. So the best example I always offer of this list at the time was I'm in control of applying to jobs, but I'm not in control of whether or not I get those jobs, right? That's up to a lot of people. I have to interview. I can't just say, okay, this is my job now and then start showing up, right? So that's always the best example I give of this. So I started writing all of these types of things down. I was in control of my emotions, but not so much in control of how other people affected them, right? Like, obviously, I could control how I feel following things. But if someone made me mad in the moment, like that's just going to happen. And then I address it. So I started writing down all of the things in my life that I was in control of. You know, an hour or two passes. I finally finished. I think I, I, I think I've, you know, hit my maximum of what I can write down. I'm sitting there staring at these lists thinking, holy shit. There is so much in my life that I am in control of that I am not actually taking control of. I remember feeling incredibly angry with myself in the moment because I knew in that moment that I was playing the victim. Now, granted, I have been the victim of a lot. I had every right to feel victimized. I had every right to feel those emotions as does everybody. Every emotion we feel is completely valid. However, and this this even still feels hard to say, but, you know, the timeline of things is always easier to look at moving, you know, moving forward when you're looking retrospectively versus in the moment. But I think what made me so angry was that I realized, you know, it had been a long time since all of the feelings of, of, all of the things that have caused the feelings of victimhood had passed. My brother passing, it was at this point, you know, three or four years ago at that point. I think it was four. Yeah, four years ago. Following my my assault that I went through, my, my dad trying to commit suicide. All of those things were a long time ago at this point, you know, around three or four years ago. And there are a lot of things that happened leading up to that moment in the more recent tense that made me feel like a victim. My knee surgery, being confined to a bed and being on bed rest, not getting that job obviously was the day before. A lot of things in my personal life. I had a really massive friendship breakup that happened a few months prior. My uncle died, like all of these things, right? We can we can add to that list as much as we want. We can always find ways to be a victim. But the point of me saying that is that I was staring at that list thinking, I am so freaking tired of being the victim of things. Shit is always going to happen in our lives that is happening to us. We can always decide that I'm the victim of this. This happened to me. And I think I didn't have this actual active realization, but I think the shift I had in the moment was realizing that I'm ch- I'm going to decide moving forward that things can happen to me or they can happen for me. 
And even if the actions and experiences of my life feel really shitty in the moment and they really suck in the moment, I get to decide after that moment's over how I feel about things. And it is perfectly valid and perfectly okay for me to feel pissed, angry, annoyed, upset, sad, etc. about whatever's happening in the moment. But then it's up to me to decide how long those feelings last. How long do I want to sit in those feelings of hurt, anger, annoyment? Is that even a word? Depressed, angry, sad, whatever it is. It's, it's up to me how long those feelings last. And in the moment, I had realized that my feelings of victimhood, my, my victimization of myself, and the subsequent feelings of that, therefore, you know, my anger, my resentment, my guilt, my grief, my depression, etc. All of those feelings had been so long lived because I was choosing not to do anything about them. So the primary shock of that list was realizing, you know, I think for the first time in my life, actively realizing I don't have to feel this way. I don't I don't have to I don't have to live my life this way. I don't think I ever actually thought about that until that moment. And I think it took a long time for me to get to that realization also because all of the trauma that I experienced was when I was in college. I had a, a massive and awesome distraction from addressing those feelings. Those feelings never burdened me to that degree until that distraction went away. And the distraction I'm talking about is college, right? Going to school, all the assignments, working, like I was really busy in school. And that was the perfect distraction for me to just completely bury those feelings and never address them. Now, when that distraction went away and I suddenly had all this time on my hands, that's when those emotions, that's when that grief really started to take over. So I think, you know, I don't know that I actually, and I really don't know the answer to this. I don't know that I actually felt the victim when I was in college, but the moment all this time freed up and I I was able to start not even acknowledging, but start seeing these feelings that I was actually feeling. And they were no longer super repressed because of my lack of busyness. That's when I realized I don't have to feel this way anymore and I can do something about this. That list is what triggered me to address the deepest and darkest emotions I've ever felt and therefore move on with my life in a way that felt empowering that led me to starting LaRue. That led me to this moment in my life where I have the community, the creative studio, where I have a full client list, where I have a growing business and ambition. And if I had never made that list, I truly wonder if I would be where I am today. Because that list, even though I knew I was going into a moment in my life where I now had a team to help me, I was going back to therapy, I had the life coach and I had the EFT. Even though I was working with that team, I don't know that if I hadn't made this list, would I have been as honest with them as I was being with myself? If I hadn't made that list, would I have been able to be very honest with them about the feelings that I was feeling? I don't know. I want to say yes, but I truly don't know the answer to that. So we're going to talk about the list. We're going to talk about what you need to do to create this list in a way that is the most honest and authentic answers that you can possibly give. Because our inclination, and believe me when I say this, I felt this inclination full throttle when I was making this list. We're very inclined to be dishonest with ourselves. 
oftentimes in our lives, when we're admitting to something hard, when we're admitting defeat or any sort of emotions that feel really difficult to acknowledge, we want to be dishonest about those because we want to tell ourselves that everything's okay. We want to believe that everything's okay. We want to believe that we're happy and we're doing great. It feels so difficult to acknowledge where we are unhappy and where we aren't doing great. But if you can do that and if you can be fully honest with yourself when you're making this list, you will change your life. I assure you of it. You will change your life. Whether it takes a month, a year, five years like me, or the rest of our lives, which is honestly the most likely answer, you will change the trajectory of of your life, of your emotions, of how you address your emotions, of your success, of your happiness, joy, and bliss, and peace, if you can be honest about how you feel about this list. When I made this list, when I looked down at it and I saw everything that could be in control of my life that I wasn't actually doing anything about, I was in pure and utter shock. And I immediately shifted out of that victim mentality to stand in my own power. And that's what you can do. If you're honest with yourself, you can stand in your own power by taking control of things that you're just letting other people, other circumstances other lives control over you are giving people and circumstances outside of you the control over your emotions by not admitting how you feel so let's talk about the list let's talk about how you can make this list and the kind of way you can go about it that allows you to feel safe to to be honest about your emotions so I think the biggest the, the biggest first step you need to take is the environmental factor. You need to do this in a place that you already feel comfortable in. So I would recommend home or a coffee shop that you love or somewhere that you can you can have quiet peace at and somewhat alone. So if you're doing this in a public place, make sure you're doing it in a place that isn't full of hustle and bustle, isn't full of, you know, maybe people that are you know sitting right next to you that can see your list you want this to feel very private you want to set the tone for it to feel calming so do that in a place that already feels calming that feels you know safe and comfortable so for me that was home I did it and I did it in complete silence I didn't have music on tv on I did this in complete silence where I could let my brain process whatever it was that was going to come up So if you feel safe and comfortable in a coffee shop, I recommend putting in headphones and putting on uh, like binaural beats or really calming meditation music. Don't listen to music that has words in it. Don't listen to a TV show or a podcast. Make sure you're doing this with either silence or meditative silence. So like calming music, right? And make sure you're doing it in a place where you feel completely safe and comfortable get a water or a hot tea or a hot coffee or whatever it is that's your bread and butter and sit down and give yourself some space and do this in a time when you have all the time in the world to do this. Don't like do this an hour before you have an appointment or an hour before you have to leave the house or before you're going to dinner or whatever. Do this on a day where if it takes five hours, it takes five hours. That's fine. Do this on a day where you have all the time that you think you'll need or you may not know you might need to process this list. Because if you rush this list, you're not going to be honest with yourself. If you rush the list, you're not going to get everything down. And again, I would say it took me around, I think, two hours to make this list. So, you know, be generous with the time. 
So step one, get comfortable in a place you're already safe and comfortable in. Step two, either get the, get your silence on or get some headphones on and listen to binaural beats or meditative music. And step three, make sure you have as much time as you might need to make this list. I would say if you have no idea, give yourself three hours, you know, maybe three hours before you need to start making dinner or whatever. Just make sure you're not going to be in a position to rush this list. Step two is to grab a piece of paper. I recommend lined paper just, you know, so you can see the organization of it. Um, You might need more than one piece of paper, (laughs) which is totally fine. So just grab some paper. I wouldn't do this in a journal because we'll get to that later. Make sure it's ripped out of a journal or just a scrap piece of paper that is lined. You're going to fold the piece of paper in half. And this is important. You want to have shredded edges. You do not want to use two separate pieces of paper. There is symbolism in having the shredded edges. So fold the piece of paper in half, fold it, you know, backwards, just get that nice bend and crease, put your hand on it, rip the paper, you know what I'm talking about, or cut it if you need to. But I would say, like I said, the shredded edges are a helpful symbolism of this piece of paper. Cut it, shred it in half, whatever you need to do. On one piece of paper, you're going to write things I'm in control of. On the second piece of paper, you're going to write things I'm out of, things that are out of my control, sorry. So first, things I'm in control of. Second, things that are out of my control. Next, you're going to put your phone on do not disturb. You're going to set all tech aside. You're going to make sure you're not staring at a clock if, if that's something that feels pressure to you. And you're going to start writing. You are going to start writing everything that you are in control of and you are out of control of. You do not have to do one at a time. You can go back and forth. If something just pops into your head, write what you're in control of or if it's out of your control. Do absolutely everything. The point of this list that made me feel that utter shock that I was talking about is the fact that I wrote down things that are so small in control versus the biggest things that are in my control. Like, breathing. I'm in control of my breath. That's something that's calm and meditative and a good reminder. I'm in control of my breath. That's something that I remind myself of when I'm feeling anxiety or feeling panic attacks coming on. So I am telling you, this is what takes so long. This is why you need to give yourself such a long time to write this list. Write down the absolute smallest things you can think of to the absolute biggest, like your emotions, right? So on the in control list, I think you'll find that you're going to write down a lot more than what's out of your control. And if you're finding that you're struggling to write something on one of the lists, write something down that you think of that's easy and then write its opposite on the other list. So like the example I gave earlier was I'm in control of applying to as many jobs as I want to, but I'm not in control of getting those jobs, right? I'm in control of applying to my best of the best of my ability, making sure my resume is solid, making sure my references are solid, making sure my application's great, but I'm not actually in control of whether or not I get the interview, of whether or not I get the job, right? So if you're struggling to fill one of the lists, write down the thing that you can think of and then try and think of its opposite, right? So you're in control of driving safe, but you're not in control of the safety of those around you and the or what am I trying to say? You're in control of driving safe, but you're not in control of how safe the people around you are driving, right? So just think of things like that. Like that doesn't actually need to be a thing on your list. But if you feel anxiety about driving, then I encourage that. 
So just write down everything you think of and then try and write down those opposites to just this is helpful to put things in perspective at the very least. So take your time, write the list, put down as much as you can think of, let it take as long as it needs to. Then what I want you to do is whenever you think you're done and you may think of things later, add it to the list, that's fine. But whenever you think you're done, I want you to put your pen or pencil or whatever you're writing down, down. Also to point, just thinking about this in case you have this as a question, I'm looking at my iPad. So I want to say, don't use a piece of tech to write this down. Make sure you're doing it on a physical piece of paper. So once you're done with the list, you're going to set your writing material down and you're going to stare at those lists. Give yourself as much time as you need to consume everything on those lists. Stare at them, rewrite them if you need to, whatever you need to do to feel like you are consuming the materials on the list. And I want you to take some very dedicated time to consume the things that are on the things are things that are out of my control list because that's the list that you are going to never look at again. So take some time to consume those things, things that are out of my control. Really remind yourself that these are the things that are in the hands of the universe. Think of the saying, the universe will always meet you halfway. Those are the halfways. Those are the things that the universe is handling for your safety, for your peace, for your happiness, your joy, and your bliss. Those are the things that universe is mutually agreeing to you right now when you make this list. Hey, I've got this. Picture yourself shaking hands with the universe and saying, okay, these are my responsibility. This is yours. We've got this. And part ways. I want you to actually do like some sort of meditation or exercise where you're trying your best to literally consume the lists. So do whatever feels right. And personally, when I made these lists, all I did was stare at them. All I did was, you know, like run my pen over the things that are out of my control list just to like, you know, practice the hand of rewriting them. I just stared at them and consumed it. I don't remember how long I did this for, but I want to say like, you know, maybe half an hour ish. So give yourself some time to do that. Then what you're going to do is you're going to grab the, the list that says things that are out of my control. I want you to add on this factor of actually meditating and doing that visualization of picturing yourself, you know, handing the piece of paper to the universe, whatever the universe looks like, shaking hands with it and saying, this is your responsibility. They're like, yeah, I've got this. This is me. Let this go. Surrender it. Release it. Do that. And then I want you to take that piece of paper and get rid of it. Shred it, burn it, throw it away, water it down until you can't read it anymore. Do whatever you need to do to get rid of that list and never think about it again. In the sense of, actually, let me let me rephrase that. Think about it again in the sense of only the agreement you just made with the universe. Oh, that's not in my control. The universe has got that. I don't even need to worry about that. Don't think of, God, I wish I could control that because the Virgo in me is screaming, yeah, same. But the coach in me is telling you, no, you don't need to control everything. That's in the universe's hands. You made that agreement with the universe. It's time to remember that. So surrender that list and do whatever you need to do to get rid of it. I personally shredded mine and burned it and never looked at it again. Do not take a picture of it. Do not look at it again. Do not keep it. Burn the list. Do whatever you got to do to get rid of it. Following that, you're going to take a look again at the list that says things that are in my control. And you're going to 
for the rest of your life, start taking control of the things on that list. Start one by one. Start with the easiest. Start with whatever feels easier. If you're someone who's valuing, you know, exercise or trying to be healthier and fitter, something you may have written is going for walks. Go for a walk. Start doing the things on that list. It's going to take time. It's going to take probably the rest of our lives. I am still actively taking control of things that I wrote down on that list. And some days it's far easier than others, but it is the act of service that I'm giving to myself. It is the way that I am living intentionally. So now you have your list, frame it, tuck it in a drawer somewhere, put it in your nightstand, take a picture of it, whatever you need to do, keep that list forever. That is your forever list. Maybe Times will come where you want to add to that list. Like if something, a massive circumstance in your life changes, like you get married, you know, things about your partner might be added to that list. Keep the list, savor it, cherish it. It's your Bible. It's it's your list of of in controls for the rest of your life. And slowly over time, you're going to implement habits that attune to that list. You're going to implement routines that attune to that list. You're going to change your life because of that list. So that's what I've got for you guys today. I really, really hope that you feel super inspired to write this list. I really hope that my story, you know, as to why I wrote this list resonates with you. And I hope that it feels empowering because you're not alone in the feelings that you feel. You're not alone in anything. This list tells you that the universe is meeting you halfway and you always need to remember that. So I can't wait to hear about your lists. Please share them with me. I think we're also going to be doing a exercise like this coming up in the community. So if you're interested in participating in more of a group setting, somewhat similar, obviously, like I said, this needs to be very personal and not rushed. So we won't be doing this exact exercise, but something to the variation of coming up in the community. So if you're interested in that, definitely go join the community and That's what I've got for you guys today. As a final reminder, I have a quick announcement to make, which is very exciting. If you are interested in learning more about the community, you have two options. We have recently launched a free tier of the community called Expansion, which is so, so exciting. This is for you to come dip your toe in and learn more. So you get access to the community feed and the community network of people in the community with you. So you do not get access to the brand partners and you do not get access to any of the programming, but you do get access to the community itself. So this is a way for you to just start cultivating community, learn what we're about, you know, start seeing more about programming. Every day I'm posting things. I post motivational messages in the morning and then some sort of, you know, interactive post during the day. You get to see community members, interact with them, network, do you boo. So No reason not to join. The expansion tier is free. Go join. And second, very exciting announcement is we are hosting a free session in March open to all our girlies who are ambitious, who again, want to learn more about the community. So our breakthrough session that is the lifestyle brainstorming session will be hosted for free. It is March 5th at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And all you have to do is go to the link that will be in the show notes that says free session. 
fill out the form, which just essentially gives us your email. So the day of the event, we can email you the Zoom link and you can participate for free. And we want you to share this. So if you have friends that you think would benefit from the community, or if you want to just share on your Instagram or whatever it is, just share the link for the free session so people can sign up. And we're so, so excited. We've already, we announced this yesterday and we've already had almost a dozen people sign up for the free session. So go learn more. And again, this is free, so why not? Just come, experience it. You don't have to talk if you don't want to. You don't have to interact if you don't want to. You can just come, learn, and listen. So we're so excited to have you in the brainstorming session, and we're so excited to have you a part of the community if you're joining at the expansion tier. And if you're interested in the actual programming, join at any of the paid tiers, and you get access to so, so much beneficial resources. That's it. So what I've got for you guys today, I know this is a longer than usual podcast, but I'm really happy that I finally sat down and dedicated an entire episode to this list, this list that changed my life. So I hope it hits. I hope it helps. I love you all so, so dearly, and I will see all of you beautiful souls next week.